Welcome along, folks. It's nice to have your company on Mind Your Own Retirement. It's the podcast from yourlifechoices.com.au. I have the uh, publisher of Sid Magazine, Kay Fallick, in the studio right now. And uh, welcome along to you, Kay. Thank you, John. Do you know I love coming into this office of yours and having a chat on Mind Your Own Retirement? To see Janelle. Because Janelle brings me coffee. <laughs> Thank you, Janelle. <laughs> She's lovely, isn't she? And she, uh, uh, where, where is Ebony? Where's your well, you puppy tell dog? me. Where's she's your... she's playing with our visitors. She didn't come in today. Oh, we're talking of Ebony, who's the uh, the office pooch. office dog. <laughs> now, uh, a lot of councils are restricting animals coming into shops, food shops, and other places. It always staggers me when you go to places like France, etc., and you see a. <laughs> You'll a see pooch. A, a pooch sitting up at the, at table, the table with the uh, yeah. very well-preserved uh, lady yes. uh, having their croissant yep. and their, or their pain raison yeah. and, uh, and their coffee. And it's, it's hysterical, isn't it? The first time I saw that was years ago in Germany, a ladies in fur coats with, <laughs> with uh, like poodles on their laps, yeah, yeah, yeah. literally lap dogs, having afternoon tea. That's right. I nearly died. That's right. Yeah. It's so foreign, yeah. isn't it? Ebony doesn't do that. No, I wish she could. I'd have her. <laughs> Although she'd probably nip me. She's a bit of a nipper, you know, because she rounds you up. She does. And because she just But doesn't to... work with you, John. No. No. Sadly not. <laughs> no. But you know doesn't me. Doesn't work from anybody, really. I'm trouble. You know that, don't you? I talking do. talking about food, we're gonna be speaking about food a bit later on, aren't we? We are, because Sally Hammond, who is foodandtravel.com.au, so she's been talking and writing about food for thirty plus years. We we talk about best jobs in the world will be travel, yep. but yeah, tell you what, it goes to the next level when you yep. say your, your job yep. is about travel and food. And she travels with her husband, who's the photographer. They've visited 66 countries. And she recently did a trip called Paddy to Plate in Thailand. So fun, fun. That is fat. So that's coming a bit later on. It is. Also, it is. we're going to get you fit, folks, because we've we- got Marianne Xavier coming in. Yes. So Marianne is extremely well skilled and experienced at training not just general bodies, yep. but older adults. And she's got some really interesting insights, I think. But coming up next, we're going to speak to Russell Markham, who's going to be talking about how to make more out of your money. Would I be correct? Uh, He's a specialist in choosing shares for all the right reasons. Oh, love that. Okay, Mm. this is uh, Mind Your Own Retirement with Kay Fuddock, the publisher, and me, John Deeks. Stay tuned. More to come. Mind Your Own Retirement is the podcast and Kay Fallick is the publisher. And who have we got on the line, Kay? We've got Russell Markham and he's Director of Education and Training at VectorVest. Oh, what's a VectorVest? Let's ask him. I Russell, think so. Hi. Welcome to you, Russell. What is VectorVest? So VectorVest, we've been around uh, for 30 years. And what we do is we analyse stocks for both fundamental and technical analysis. Uh, we also give you um, clear signals of when it's a good time to go in and buy a given stock. So we combine fundamental technical analysis and overlay it with market timing and then give you the tools so you can uh, stress gotcha. test. Gotcha. You, you, do, you yeah. do all the hard work. <laughs> yes, so we make it easy. <laughs> Russell, to make it easy for our listeners, right, I'm the plain English person. 
So choosing shares, it's, it normally seems to be for dividend or capital growth. What should retiree investors be looking for? Look, in a perfect world, both. You should be going after both capital growth and dividends. And the good news is that you can have the best of both worlds, but sadly, too many retiree investors will concentrate on dividends at all costs. So we tend to say, well, you know, we're getting our 6% fully grossed up dividend and we hang on to a given stock like Telstra, for example. Well, you know, we're going to get that 6% dividend. It doesn't matter. Look, I'm sure the share price at some point will come back and then the share price slides away and then, then invariably what ends up happening too is that the dividends get cut. So um, one can get the best of both worlds, but there's a, a very special ingredient you're looking for to give you the best of both worlds. And that is to effectively find top earnings. Do you believe that capital growth and dividends, strong dividends, actually correlate? Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, I've seen this time and time again. I'll just give you just two or three examples here. Macquarie Group, MQG, ticker code. You'll see a great correlation there between earnings and dividends paid. BHP is another brilliant example. During the slump, the mining slump of 213 through to around about 216, you saw BHP's earnings fall, its dividends got cut. And then by 217, earnings were firing back up again, dividends cranked back up. Another one uh, in recent times here, Critical CCP, very strong correlation there between the dividends paid in the earnings. So how do ordinary people find out? How do they track this stuff? Yeah, well, you've got a couple of options. You could pour uh, through the financial statements and, and, and work it all out. But that's your job. And write it all down. <laughs> yeah, why would exactly we do right. that? It's your job, Russell. <laughs> exactly right. So that's one way you can do it, right? That's one way you can do it. And I often say, well, why do all that hard work? Do you want to spend hours upon hours pouring over the financial statements? That's where we come in. And we say, okay, we'll rank, sort, analyze all of those shares for you each and every day so you can come in. You've got the analysis at your fingertips so you can find great shares like Macquarie Group where you can say, great, a good dividend, excellent earnings, good fundamentals, tick, 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 tick all the boxes. But then the final decision that you've got to make is, well, when is the right time to get in? Because the final piece of the puzzle here at Vectorvest, and that is to get our market timing correct. If we go in at the right time and tick all those boxes, both on fundamental and technical analysis, along with a good dividend, and we're putting ourselves in with very good odds for doing well in the market. So in terms of timing, isn't the thinking that you can't jump in and out of the market? You actually have to it's stay It's a long-term long long plan, right? Yes. Well, you know, and at Vectorvest, we, we, we note that, you know, you'll, you'll come across that time and time again. You know, you'll come across the saying that time in the market, not timing the market. Yeah. Yeah, you ask, yeah. Ask yourself yeah. this question. If you would bought in just before the global financial crisis, you've only probably just broken even a year or two ago. Wow. What if, what if you had bought in those top quality fundamental and technical stocks with great dividends on offer? What if you bought in around about 2009, 2009? You'd be way ahead of those that bought in just before the global financial crisis. So timing is of utmost importance. In fact, it's our most important factor when analysing the market at best of best. And uh, overall, uh, Russell, the share market correctly and and uh, very conservatively uh, uh, run 
is going to give you a better dividend in the long run than property. Is that right? Yeah, well, we, we, we've definitely seen that. Depends. It depends on, on, on the shares that you're picking. So, for example, there... Yeah, well, like I'm saying, the, the blue chips, if you were. Yeah, there's some brilliant uh, blue chips out there. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at, at a list here currently in front of me. I mean, you've got BHP 5% plus. Um, your, your full franking credit's coming in. Uh, the banks have been under a lot of pressure recently. Uh, NAB coming out with the, with the recent reports and Westpac Bank. So, so they have cut their, their dividends. But when you look at it, it's still around about that 5% mark. And again, you've got to look at the long term, don't you? Yes, it's it's the long term. You know, the, the dividends and the franking credits really add up over a long time period. Um, you know, all of us have looked, no, no doubt, at investment property or held one or two in the past or, or possibly uh, hold a few right now. In terms of investment properties, we've seen the margins being squeezed yeah. quite a bit. So, Russell, you, you've given us the clues if you're being proactive and, and looking at uh, your sites, etc., to to find out uh, the latest uh, goss and the latest information on shares, etc. What about if I'm uh, a retiree and I've got a pool and I just want to relax, let someone else do the hard work for me? What are the What's some of the best advice that you would give? Mm, excellent question. Well, coming from the VectorVest perspective, what we did for a lot of our retiree investors, a lot of the retiree investors said, look, love the analysis, love what you guys do. I just want to see exactly how you do it each and every day. Just show me exactly how you yeah. would do it. And that's why we put together our model portfolios. Now, just to be clear on this, we do not manage money, right? So there's no conflict of interest here. I'm not going to be saying, well, look at this great portfolio and, oh, by the way, we charge XYZ percentage for you to invest into it. Um, we do it purely for education purposes, but by all means, a lot of our uh, retiring investors will pay close attention to some of those portfolios to get great ideas. So, so it's it's like a template, Russell, yeah. where you you show the like a menu, yes. and you say this is what we think is good value. It's going to give you the capital growth and the dividend. This is our best pick. And and do people from VectorVest, and I know that you can try it free of charge for 30 days, so I think, you know, that's information we've, we're putting on the website, but do people then follow this daily uh, template? Do they, do they get information from you daily, or how does that work? Yeah, okay, so just to, to clarify, so you can take it a trial for 30 days. We, we just put a nominal amount there of 9.95 USD because we, we are a, a global company, so call it 13 or 14 Australian dollars. It's, a cup, it's two cups of coffee type thing. You can then test it out for 30 days. And what, what we do there is we will analyse all the stocks that we track every day over 2,000 plus for Australia. And if you want to look globally, UK, Europe, America, for example, some of the many other countries that we analyse. You can then every day come in and look at a given stock. So I can hop into what we call Stock Viewer each and every day in Vector Best, and I can look to see what some of the best stocks are right there at my fingertips each and every day. And what we do is we rank and sort those stocks so the stocks with the best combinations of fundamentals and technicals come to the top of the list. But then what we also do is we've got some predefined screening criteria. Because a lot of our retiree investors would say, okay, well, I'm really just after dividends. Give me some really good quality blue chip type companies 
that are paying dividends. So they can slice and dice it and find out what they want to. So, look, this has been really helpful. And, John... Can um, pop it on the website? Yeah. What we will put on the website is VectorVest's uh, webpage. And we've got a 1-800-1800-303-782 and the, the um, link to where you can trial VectorVest because we do understand, as Russell's helped us understand, that it's not all about the dividend. Quite right. Russell Markham, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me along. Russell Markham, the Director and Education and Training um, Guru from VectorVest. And uh, that number again is uh, for the 1-800? And uh, we'll be putting up the details on the Your Life Choices website. You're listening to Mind Your Own Retirement, the podcast of Your Life Choices. Next, get ready to get fit. And a reminder that Your Life Choices does not hold an Australian Financial Services licence and all content and discussion is of a general nature only. Hello there, I'd like to talk to you about Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Now, Pension Checker is an easy-to-use financial tool that allows you to calculate exactly how much you should be receiving in fortnightly pensions and supplements. And it's very well priced at just $29.95 per year. To learn more, go to pensionchecker.com.au and make today the day you take control of your income with your life choices, Pension Checker. So during the week, I managed to catch up with Marianne Xavier, who's a bit of a health guru. She's a top trainer with special expertise in older clients. And Marianne's kind enough to talk to us about fitness training for older adults. And first question, if someone who's over 55, say, wants to take up training, what can they reasonably expect to achieve, Marianne? Um, well, first of all, Kay, one of the things that happens, um, let's just take a step back and say, well, why do they come in even to be trained? And most of them come in with a purpose. So they'll want to come in and perhaps one person I can think of came and said, look, I want to get ready to go and do the Camino. Or um, I'm going to be having a joint reconstruction operation and I've been told I have to get my uh, muscles ready so that I have a better recovery. So those are the first of those points of reference when they come in. And from that, I would then assess um, what's happening, what do they need to have working well before uh, for them to be able to reach their goals. And from an expectation point of view, absolutely. And look, if they work hard, um, most clients come twice a week. Um, if they do some work outside of the gym as well, you will often see, uh, obviously, better results. Um, but, yeah, that's generally the starting point for um, any older clients who come in. And then, of course, they have to be assessed um, to make sure their body's ready to go. And you're talking about people who've got a purpose and know what they're yeah. doing. What about someone who walks in and says, look, I'm 60 years old and I don't think I'm very fit. Mm -hmm. Let's train because that's a yeah. bit more general. So would you try and 
uh, guide them toward having some goals there? Uh, yes. So what would happen is, and we do, we get a lot of um, people who just generally want to come and start working out. And uh, as a rule, a lot actually haven't had an exposure to working out with a personal trainer or even don't like working in a gym environment. So uh, where we start there is we would do uh, an assessment and we would work out um, how their range of movement is, what their mobility is like. Um, I would look then at their balance and how well they um, balance doing certain exercises. And then we look at sort of conditioning work um, and some resistance training. Um, one of the things, of course, as we get older is that we do lose a lot of muscle through the aging process. So resistance training is really important. Yeah, so I guess that's, yeah, that's there where is, we would start. There's a, a sort of general fitness framework there. And balance, we know with older people, frail older people, it can be the fall that kills. Yes. So what would you say, generally speaking, do you think most people have good balance or would you say we should be all out there working on it? Uh, no, we should all be out there working on it. And actually, you know, even very, very fit people don't have particularly good balance when they're really tested. Having said that, you know, if if you start practicing, and it is very much practicing. I have clients who, um, you know, the first time we do some balance work are hopeless, and then they, I, I just sort of say to them, okay, now when you go home, you do these certain exercises, and they go away, and within weeks, they're a completely different person. Their balance has improved, um, and they have a lot more understanding of what's happening. So that's really encouraging. It's a bit like people learning about your liver if you've been drinking too much, that the liver, uh, you know, depending on the severity, can, um, when it's encouraged, it, it can come back really well. So you're saying yes. you don't lose your balance forever. You can get your balance back. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And there's, there's really specific things that can be done in terms of, just strengthening the body, but also understanding what needs to be switching on when you try and do some balance work. Um, and then we do some vestibular training where... Um, some. Would you like to run that one by us again? So that's just training um, the crystals in, in between the ears. And what's it called? Vestibular. Vestibular. vestibular okay. So okay. just, um, you know, a very simple exercise that someone can do at home is just standing, taking both their thumbs out to the front and following the thumbnail around to take them into their sort of peripheral vision. And sometimes you'll feel that, that sort of little bit of rocking that you're going to lose your balance. Wow. Um, those sorts of very simple exercises can be done at home. And before you know it, you're, you've really improved. We're feeling very encouraged. Um, just a final question for people coming in, and again, you know, 55, 60, 65, uh, I want to get fit. What are the potential traps? What are the, say, three things that you think people shouldn't do when they try and reapproach a regular training program? Hmm. Okay, so I think number one is to be patient. Right. Um, they need to listen to their body. So initially you start out really 
slowly. And I know sometimes people do feel a little bit um, impatient. They want to think, oh, I can do this better. But uh, just patience. Um, the more work you do outside of the gym, so, you know, most people come in twice a week, you've got to do a little bit more than that if you really want to make progress. And really, I guess, listen. Yeah, listen to your trainer. Trainers guide you and let you know what sort of muscles you're meant to be working, how you should be doing your exercises, and to avoid any further injuries in the gym. There are experts, and we don't know everything about our own bodies. And what about the the um, story that you often hear where someone decides suddenly out of the blue they want to run a marathon and they just yes. go flat out? So there's got to be yeah. maybe pacing in here somewhere? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, look, I, I know myself, yeah, you have got to take things very, very slowly. Um, if you, you know, for example, I said about the, the client I have who was doing the Camino, she understood straight away that she couldn't go out and start walking 14 kilometres without doing some preparation beforehand. And did and she so, have a good trip? She did. It was a very good trip. <laughs> and she was injury-free when she got home. Well, and she's still training now. So <laughs> that's that's a happy ending. Marianne, thank yeah. you so much for joining us today. I think what you will have done is encouraged many of our members that this is entirely doable. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many, you know, avenues that they can go ahead, ahead and um, work on their fitness and their health um, and shouldn't feel discouraged. Even if they've got niggles and things, just go and seek help first to make sure that they're really clear about what they're working on. Terrific. And if people wanted um, to get in touch with you, have, is there a website or something we can refer them to where they can find you? Yes, absolutely. I work out of a small studio in uh, Melbourne called Live For Fitness. So we'll put um, a link up to that studio. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Kay. Now, we've said that uh, the one thing better than being a travel writer and being uh, uh, travelling the world would be travel and food. And Sally Hammond is one of those people right now, and she's on the line. Hiya, Sally. Hi, John. You are a lucky devil, aren't you? Travel and food. I don't know how I scored this job. I really don't. Now, don't say that because you're a very well-known journalist and do lots of other things as well. How did you get into it 30 years ago? I've always written about food, I guess, for various smaller magazines and things like that, recipes, and I've done cooking dims and that sort of thing. And then, of course, it was a no-brainer when we started to travel that, of course, I was going to go sticking my nose into markets and things like that around the world and writing about it afterwards. Tell us who you travel with, Sally. Okay, I travel with my lovely husband, Gordon, who uh, we work together so well. We both work very hard when we travel but do totally different things. I'm doing the tasting and the looking and the, some photographs and the writing, and he's doing video and photography, so it's a good mix. And what's some of the places you've been to recently? Well, very recently, just a few weeks ago, we came back from Georgia and Armenia, Ooh. which I would highly recommend to anybody. It's well, that's a, not a place that is company. normally on the bucket list, but it's, uh, uh, yeah. why would one want to go there? Well, because it's a little bit off the beaten track. It's an, They're both emerging countries coming out of Soviet rule in the not-so-distant past. Mm. And they're, they're evolving into really lovely countries, very different. I thought they'd be sort of clones of each other 
because there's a bit of a common heritage, but not enough that it's the same by any means. And just different, but each of them lovely in their own right. Sally, you've just come back also from, or just written a book, Paddy, P-A-D-D-Y, to plate. Paddy to plate, Food Adventures in Thailand. Tell us about that. Yeah, let's let's say it's not a book. It's a, it's a page on my website, and it's sitting up there on the homepage for the next couple of days till I put the next feature up, and then it goes back to being in the body of the website. But that was from a trip we did a few years ago now, but it was mind-blowing because I didn't realise that Thailand was taking organic farming and, and healthy eating to that extent. I just thought it was what we knew what we see in Australia and that was all. My opinion is most people don't actually go to a country for food. They go for lots of reasons. But when people talk about Thailand, food comes up a lot. What's what's the deal there? What's happening? Well, I suppose as Australians, we're well and truly used to Thai food. We love it. We like the heat of it. We like the complexity of the flavours. So, of course, we're going to be searching it out in Thailand itself to see if it's different, if it's better or worse, you know, that sort of thing. And and it's wonderful communal food too. So you can sit around with a group of you around a table sharing bits and pieces of maybe a dozen different dishes. So that suits holidays and group travel and, and also Australians. So what was the Paddy to Plate experience? What Where did you go? What did you do? Well, that was interesting. We went um, to Bangkok initially, and then we fanned out first to the west of the city, not very far from the coast, but far enough in that it was agricultural, and also to the east. And the east was very interesting too, because there they were having growing wine grapes, which I didn't ever think that Thailand could do it efficiently or effectively. And yet these are prize-winning wine grapes, a little bit of altitude, but not enormously so. Many countries have different tastes and flavours uh, depending on the regions that you go to. Is it the same mm. for Thailand? Well, look, they're starting to get that and they're starting to use it. I've been noticing in recent press releases and things that I'm getting, they've got something called the Amazing G-Link Program and it's designed to promote secondary provinces and decongest the well-established popular destinations because, as you know, tourism is a two-edged sword. You can the poor people into a country or a resort and it doesn't actually do that part of the country very much good because they get the wrong idea of what tourists are, tourists get the wrong idea of what the country is. And so this is getting people to go off the beaten track a little bit to places similar to where we went. How does one do that safely? Well, I think it's best to to link up with someone from the country who knows what they they are doing. And we had a lovely guide for our tour. Her name was Pum. It was a much longer name because you know that Thai names are huge. They go forever. How did you get onto her? uh, We knew her through the travel industry. Uh, A friend of mine has worked with her before on tours and she's just amazing. She just led us through these places. So Sally, but but Sally, if I'm just, uh, if I want to do what you're doing. So Thai tourism and we can put a link up on our side and they're a very good introductory piece to local people yes. like Chiang Mai and okay. the exactly. islands. Yeah. Mm. Yes, I don't expect you're going to be emailing Pum, but uh, give, her a, if give us her phone number. Way, we'll give her a call. <laughs> she would love to talk to you. Mm. She's a very friendly person. <laughs> okay. That sounds like a great idea. So go to the Thai tourism site. Yeah? Well, we'll yeah. put the link up on our site, but they're very good at um, curating. 
the, the different yeah. travel experiences beyond food. Exactly um, right. And they'll put you on to someone who could maybe even um, devise a tour all of your own if you've got and, two to... As Sally said, people. get off the beaten track. It's very good advice. So, John, we should yes. hit the Your Life Choices Thai Eating a Lot of Food Tour. I think that's a great <laughs> idea. And we should get Sally to come along as Sally, our guide. Sally would be the guide. Oh, Perfect. Gordon yeah, could okay. photograph. And we can eat. Yes. And you and I will eat. That's right. I think, I think we've sorted I, I this. Think that Sally, Sally you, you've got a fabulous website called uh, Food and Travel. Guess what? It's Food and Travel, and that's exactly yeah. what it is. Brilliant website. I know that I'm not taking the mickey because that is just sensational. Uh, foodandtravel.com.au. Wonderful food time. We'll make sure that uh, uh, Kay's team pops it up on the website, yeah? And oh, lovely. Thank you. I just wanted to ask Sally the question that we get asked the most about Thailand, which is street food. How do you know if it's safe to eat? Right. Well, street food is like food anywhere except it's in the open air. You can get just a stick from the hotel buffet because a lot of things to do with food spoilage is things like sitting out in the sun for too long, people's food handling habits, they are not got clean hands, that sort of thing. So in the street, you look at the stalls, you see if the cooks look as though they're healthy, they're not sniffling or sweating into the food. I've seen it happen, so it does happen. Uh, look at the other t- customers. If they're tourists, uh, only tourists, maybe, but if there's locals lining up, then that's a good sign. And see what they're serving. Things that are being cooked quickly in a stir fry or something like that, using meats that we know don't go off that much like beef or something else. You know, chicken and seafood can be a bit of a question mark. Look at their washing up practice. If they're around the back of their little store washing up in the gutter, and I've seen that too. Um, I have got round that when I really like the food by buying my own plate and chopsticks. You can get that, or a spoon or something. Or you just simply eat something with a skin on that you can peel off like fruit. And even if you don't eat, just stand there and get a free cooking demonstration. That's my advice. <laughs> Great answer, Sally. Thank you so much. Take care, Sally. Thanks, Kay. Thanks, John. Well, that was fascinating. Sally Hammond uh, talking about that affordable food uh, and, and travel. Great idea, isn't it? Must best go job. Go to that website. Best Absol- job. Apart from your job, it would be the best job. Well, my job's good because I get to sit here with you. Well, yeah, right. And Ian. Yeah, that's it. Quickly, yeah, she a, says. A super producer. Um, yes. Your Life Choices <laughs> website, folks, don't forget, go on the website, leave a comment about uh, Mind Your Own Retirement, and you could be in line, especially if you have five bucket list uh, places you'd like to go because the last – podcast we did, mm. uh, Leon came in and um, uh, very kindly offered us five fabulous books yeah. and uh, to, to give away. So leave a comment, leave your five top travel bucket list places in Australia yep. and Leon could choose you to uh, to pick up one of those fantastic uh, travel books that we've got. Great. Meantime, you have a nugget. I have a nugget. So being November the 24th, today is Celebrate Your Unique Talent Day. Now, John, hold your thought because you're, you're going to need to come up with a talent at least, right, at least mm-hmm. one that you have. But a talent was once an ancient measurement of weight. So it was a way... Then I have a lot of talent. <laughs> so, so you might be a 25 kilos of silver kind of guy. Or you might be a 90 kilos of gold kind of guy. Well, you told me what I was full of, but it was not not gold (laughs) or silver, that's for sure.
So now we know that talent was measured in weight of precious metals and then it became attached to valuing your work. So, okay, okay, back up. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yes, you do. What's your talent? My ta- well, We're celebrating talent um, today. Enjoying talking to people. Oh, what a talent that is. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah I love it. How much how is that way? I reckon that would be about 150 kilos of gold. What oh. do you think? Uh, look, I'm just happy to be here with you. You don't have to pay me. <laughs> okay. I'll get what's your talent, to hey, what's your What's your talent? My talent is probably organising things for people. I think I got this from my mum, who was very good at uh, multi-skilling, doing multitasking and making sure everything came in on time. Yeah. Oh, and that's what you have to be when you're a publisher. Correct. I mean, seriously, yeah. what you have to do. Yeah, but you, you're doing it for people. You're doing, you're combining people's skills and making sure so-and-so's doing this at the right time, mm. but in a way that they're happy to do it. That's... Because in the early days of uh, meeting you, your approach to me was always, does are you comfortable in doing it this way? Are you happy the way it's going? La, la, la. And you made sure you set it up beautifully for uh, that I felt comfortable and we were able to move forward together. That's really kind. Have I stopped doing that? Well, you have because I'm now extremely comfortable and we are moving forward. Now but, you're but, tamed. But it's... <laughs> Make it sound like I'm your husband, but gotcha, you're right. You're gotcha right. Where we no, no, that's right. Sucked him right in and got him. Bam. Got him. Got so, him. Nailed. All right, just to finish off, if you're listening to this right now, should you ask somebody you know, who has, what is your talent? I think it's nice if other people say to you, that's what I value about you. I think oh. that's nice. Yeah, let's get that happening today. Give us a hug, Kay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> we'll be back next time with more love and laughter on Mind Your Own Retirement. It's the podcast from Your Life Choices. Go to the website and make sure all your friends are signed up. Go to yourlifechoices.com.au. We'll see you next time.